War, which unfortunately I do have to say has not gone away. My name is Rip Van Wagner from the lovely village of Catskill, and you're listening to WGXC, Acre, Catskill and More, 90.7 FM. On Saturday, July 22nd, turn out or tune in to Wave Farm for a day of percussion at the Marimba Tree in celebration of Charles Stobbs' Churl Persinium. Charles Stobbs' Churl Persinium will be the 13th installation at Wave Farm's Art Park. And on Saturday, July 22nd, it'll be inaugurated from noon to 6 p.m., with a day of percussionist performances. Those percussionists include Lisa Stoneberg and Leah Bowden, Azuki Legba and special guests Chris Corsano and Bobby Previtt. And Saturday, July 22nd's performances are part of Upstate Art Weekend, which is at Wave Farm and many other locations. Tune in or turn out to a day of percussion at the Marimba Tree in celebration of Charles Stobbs' Churl Proscenium, Saturday, July 22nd from noon to 6 p.m. in the Wave Farm Art Park. In Acre. Wave Farm programs are made possible in part by the New York State Council on the Arts, with the support of the New York State Legislature, the National Endowment for the Arts, the Andy Warhol Foundation for the Visual Arts, the Greene County Legislature through the County Initiative Program, administered in Greene County by CREATE, the Alexander and Marjorie Hover Foundation, the T. Backer Fund, the Joseph Family Charitable Trust, and hundreds of other generous individual donors, including WGXC's sustaining supporters, who provide critical monthly support to Wave Farms radio station WGXC 90.7 FM. Thank you. WGXC is made possible in part by the generous ongoing support of Galen, Tom, and Echo of Acre, New York. WGXC's sustaining supporters are among the station's most dedicated listeners. They care deeply about Creative Community Radio, and their investment helps to sustain WGXC as a public platform for information, experimentation, and engagement in Greene and Columbia counties. Become a WGXC sustaining supporter today. Go to WGXC.org and click Donate. Thank you for your support. Welcome to Dim the Lights with Jenny and Amanda here on Marvelous WGXC. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Amanda. It's great to be here on finally a not rainy, hot, beautiful, Ugh. clear day. It's so nice. It's not humid out. It's just sunny. I know. It's beautiful. <laughs> oh, the humidity. We are a little spaced out tonight because... Uh, neither Jenny nor myself are good in the heat. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing great. We got this. <laughs> but um, Dim the Lights is a twice a month, every second and fourth Tuesday from 7 to 8 p.m. show about movies. Jenny and I pick a theme each episode and then we watch one movie together or one movie the same and then watch separate movies and then get on the air to talk about them. Um, but before we do that and actually before we get into talking about the what's playing in the theaters around us should we talk a little bit about this great station yes we should it's the summer pledge drive it's for wgxc welcome we are looking to add some sustaining supporters to our beautiful array of existing sustaining supporters for as little as i believe 17 cents a day yeah you I, can become a sustaining supporter of wgxc and keep incredible programs like us on the airwaves yeah so community radio is so so special this station allows for shows like ours and really like yeah such a beautiful bouquet of strange and wonderful shows to be on the air without ads uh the radio that we all feel nostalgic for that we hear in like movies and stuff uh (laughs) where there isn't just we're not inundated with like iHeartRadio stuff Sorry, no offense, iHeartRadio, but get offense them. also get, intended. Get them. <laughs> get them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, community radio and like radio funded by you, the listener, is what allows us to have this wonderful, varied programming without ads. 
Um, it's radio, how we see in the quote, good old days in movies. And there's not a lot of us left. So if you could head to WGXC.org slash donate and just like $5 a month, um, you're not going to, I mean, some of us might, you know, notice $5, but most of us, I think we can, we can handle, uh, missing $5 a month to support something that's really, really, really valuable. It's a really special place. We have definitely lost some supporters this year because of the rising cost of living, as everybody is aware of. Uh, and so if you feel any kind of love for this radio station, which gives you such diverse voices with no agenda, it's truly just anybody who wants a radio show can apply and have one and say their piece. Anyone can call in to WGXC and talk about what's happening and the news and what's going on with them and share their thoughts and their feelings it's such a special like democratized place um and so wgxc is really looking for some support right now uh because yeah it's as we know a lot of people in this community leave it lose their jobs can't you know contribute because it or can't contribute financially to things like the radio because it is like you know it's a really it's a really tough time out there right now. It is. It's, it's really true. intense. Yeah, I don't I don't mean to speak so flippantly about five dollars. It's true. Every cent counts, especially these days. But um, if you feel comfortable and you feel like you can spare at the yeah. lowest five dollars a month, especially if um, you're like a new resident to this area, if you've yes. got a little bit of cash in your pocket, like toss it at the radio. It's a great way to support your local community. Um, and like be a part of what makes this little area so great. It's exactly. like WGXE. Everybody loves it. It's such it's a really special thing that not a lot of towns still have. Like it's true. A really incredible independent radio, truly like not beholden to anybody. Yeah. Uh, it's a really it's a really special Except thing. The FCC, Except the FCC. Except the FCC, but like, you know. But after ten PM, after ten PM you, you can, can say whatever you want. You can babe. cuss on the you airwaves. You can cuss on the airwaves. Here we would never no, no, no. We we're simply never absolutely cuss. not we're seven to eight we are legally not allowed to cuss yes. on the airwaves and simply. we ain't gonna be we ain't gonna be effing and jeffing out here you won't be hearing that from us <laughs> but if you do want to hear that you could turn it at 10 p.m yes <laughs> exactly PM. we have yeah we you can ha also on wgxc.org you can check out all the various types of programming that we have um, there is so, so, so much. You can get local news, which, you know, also, I, uh, gone are the days where someone throws <laughs> a paper on my porch yeah. that tells me about what's going on in my neighborhood, but I can always tune into WGXC and hear about national and local news. Um, there's also an event calendar, a local event calendar on WGXC.org. That's an extremely helpful tool. Um, if you have an event that you want to talk about you can submit it to the website and have them post it yeah um they're truly a, a yeah an invaluable like community resource yeah it's in incredibly vital to keep wjxc on the air both so you can hear us like you know chit chat about movies but also just so you can be aware of what's going on in your community and hear about what's going on um yeah listen to the like events listed on the community calendar anybody can call in at any time just to like share their feelings it's such a special thing and so amanda and i are both sustaining donors because we believe in the radio so much that's part of why we're here um and yeah if you want to be a part of that head on over to wgxc.org slash donate yes. it's a really special special thing not a lot of people have this kind of resource and it's just lovely yeah i feel endlessly lucky and grateful to have not only just to have wgxc in my region but also to be able to be on these airwaves and you can be a part of it too if you want to apply for a show that's another beautiful thing about this community radio station yeah. is that you can apply to have a talk show like ours where when i say talk show we just talk we to each other chat, baby. <laughs> um, or you can come and play some tunes early morning late night mid-afternoon yeah whatever love to hear music on wjxc it's always exciting yeah so i'm gonna repeat it again head to wgxc.org slash donate and become a sustaining supporter today we could really really use your help yeah it's wonderful. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Also, as always, 
And uh, as always, before we get into our theme, um, I'm going to tell you, we're going to both tell you about what's playing in the theaters around here. And I'm going to yes. start with what's playing at the Highway Drive-In in Cooksackie, New York. That's in Greene County, uh, which is also part of the WGXC region. It is. Um, so they are open Wednesday through Sunday now. They open at 7.30, but the shows start around 8.50 since it gets dark pretty late. Now playing, we have <gasps> Mission Impossible yes. Dead Reckoning Part 1. I can't wait. I yeah. hear it's great. Dude. I know. I bet it's great. So the Highway Driving has four screens, and each screen has a double feature. So on screen one, we have the new Mission Impossible and then the original Top Gun. Screen two is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny and Wes Anderson's Asteroid City. Mm-hmm. Screen three is Wayne's World 2 <gasps> and So I Married an Axe Murderer. What a fun. I know. And screen four is Insidious, The Red Door, and No Hard Feelings. So that's at the Highway Drive-In in Cooksackie. You can find out more at HIWAYDriveIn.com. Wow. And now I shall tell you it's playing at the Upstate Films locations. The first location is in Rhinebeck, uh, also known as the Star Cinema. And this week we have Asteroid City, Tokyo Stories, Past Lives, The Miracle Club, Hopper, an American love story about the painter, Biosphere, Mandabi, and France, presented by Jack Fervor. Uh, and then heading on over to the Sogardies Upstate location, which is also known as the Orpheum Theater. We have Asteroid City, Joyride, No Hard Feelings, Past Lives, Barbie Liberation Organization with Igor Vamos, and A Conversation, Rick Linklater and Ethan Hawke Talk Cinema. I wonder if that's Richard Linklater. I'm going to click on it just to find out. Rick Rick Linklater. Linklater. It must be. Oh, it absolutely is. It's Richard Linklater. Also known as Rick. Uh, And that's on Thursday, July 20th. So if you would like some more information about any of these showtimes, you can head on over to upstatefilms.org to find out more. And that's your upstate. Um, so at Drive-In 32, otherwise known as the Greenville Drive-In in Greenville, New York, right off of Route 32, we have a lot going on. It's kind of scattered, so stick with me. <laughs> on Wednesday, July 12th, tomorrow, we have a family night movie. We have Monsters, Inc. Um, and then on July 15th, we have one of my favorite comedies of all time, Airplane. Oh, <laughs> yeah, baby. Um... On July 16th, we have Hearts of the West. On July 19th, we have Ratatouille for Family Night. Uh, And then we have Christmas in July on July 22nd with Nightmare Before Christmas. And then on July 23rd, we have National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation for part of Christmas in July. And then on July 26th, we have Enchanted for Family Night. Wow. Um, And then... Also on their website, which is very exciting for me, who has another <laughs> job as a karaoke host on July 28th, I will be there hosting <gasps> karaoke if you want to sing karaoke on the very, very big screen. So fun. Um, so that's July 28th. All of this also starts around 8.50 when the sun goes down. If you want to find out more about all these events, you can head to drivein32.com. Wow. That's so exciting. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, my God. I can't wait to do karaoke on the big screen. Oh, it's so Thrilling. fun. It's so fun. All right. So now I'm going to head on over to Chatham on the east side of the river and tell you about what's playing at the Crandall Theater. We have simply two films to watch. The first is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. And the second is Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1. If you'd like to know more about those specific showtimes, head on over head on over to CrandallTheater.org. Wow, Crandall, that's all I got for you. You're Simple. usually like reading a long, long list. It's for usually Crandall. one million movies, but right now, baby, we are just showing we're Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, and then it's Mission Impossible for weeks. Yeah, we're <laughs> stepping aside for the big summer blockbusters. Yep, that's it's smart. Time. That's smart. Tis the time. Um, all right. So next, I'm going to tell you about what's playing at the Wyndham Theater in Wyndham, New York. We have. <laughs> of course. Mission <laughs> Impossible Dead Reckoning Part yes. 1. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny and Sound of Freedom 
which looks like it's starring the guy who played Jesus. It is. I think it's a propaganda film. Oh. I whispered to the radio. I'm pretty sure. I'm not posy about that. I think it's in the same genre generously as like God's Not Dead. I'm not posy, but I think it's one of those movies well, that's like it does have the guy who played Jesus. And, Jim Caviezel. Um, <laughs> I know, which I remember when I went to, when my mom took me to the movie theater to see I was about to the call pa- it Crimes of Passion. Passion of Christ. Passion of Christ. Which, let's be honest, was a crime of passion. She was like, it's special because his initials are JC. <laughs> just like um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> wasn't he also struck by lightning during the Apparently, filming of The Passion of the Christ? Of course, if you're going to <laughs> play him in a movie. Um <laughs> But, yeah, I've never heard of this movie. It says based on the incredible true story. But, anyways, these are what's playing at the Wyndham <laughs> Theater. Uh, you can find out more at WyndhamTheater.com. That's spelled W-I-N-D-H-A-M Theater.com. All right. And now for my last movie theater to tell you about, I'm going to tell you about what's happening at our little local theater, TSL in Hudson. It's very simple. It's truly one movie. It's called Workmeister Harmonies. What is it? I don't know. You're going to have to Google it, my friends. But let me tell you, you can go to timeandspace.org to find out more about the showtimes and also what it is, because I don't know. No, no idea. (laughs) Uh, It's got a really weird looking cover. It's cool. There's, uh, yep, nope, it's gone. We just don't know. We really couldn't say what it's about. (laughs) So like a whale on the cover. It looks like a whale, maybe, like a, a beautiful eyeball. So I would suggest, if you were interested heading to timeandspace.org to find out more about showtimes and also what the hell you're buying a ticket for what else they got going on that's literally it that's all they have that's what i'm saying there's nothing scheduled for tsl i think they're taking a little break because they had their 50th anniversary recently that makes sense um and so yeah i think they're doing like a gentle little summer break for movies but check back in we'll check back in in two weeks and see what's happening then all right well not last but not least is the Spotlight Cinemas in Hudson. That is the eight-screen movie theater that's on Fairview Avenue. We have Insidious, The Red Door, Asteroid City, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part 1, Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken, Joyride, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, Sound of Freedom, Elemental, and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. You can find out more about showtimes and tickets at spotlightcinemas.com and make sure you use the drop down menu to select the Hudson, New York theater. Beautiful. Wow. There are so many movies out right now and I really want to see several of them. I know. Exactly. (laughs) All right, Jenny. Yes. Yes, Amanda. (laughs) It's time to get into our theme for the evening. Wow. Um, So... We've talked about wanting to do this for a while. We'll probably have to do it again. But tonight we're focusing, rather than on a genre theme, we're focusing on a director. And we're celebrating Wu Lai. Happy Wu Lai. Happy Wu Lai. <laughs> and by time. That, by that we mean the visionary Hong Kong director, John Wu. Yes. Thank you, John Wu, for all that you've done for the action cinema. <laughs> if you have enjoyed things like John Wick... And John yes, Wick 2, dude. or perhaps John Wick 3. Or even John Wick Chapter 4, dare I say. <laughs> then you have to thank John Wu, because uh, all of his movies walked so John Wick could run. Run, for sure, absolutely. <laughs> if you, uh, Something that has been very thrilling is that I, before we chose to do the John Wu deep dive, I had only ever seen... Uh, his famous Hollywood movies, Face Off mm-hmm. and Mission Impossible 2. And it was very thrilling to be able to go back and watch some of his Hong Kong action films um, because we truly owe so much to John Woo and all that he has done for us. We really do. And so um, watching some of his older movies really made me want to get more into Hong Kong action, yes. 80s action movies Same. because I think we probably owe a lot to just not just John Wu movies but a lot of the Hong Kong action Absolutely. movies and of course like 
you get American directors that became very popular, like Quentin Tarantino, who are borrowing a lot from these movies and actually doing a fair amount to help these mm-hmm. directors come over Absolutely. to this country or become popular in this country. Um, but yeah, it just it really made me realize how much I have to delve into that world because there is so much influence there. Um, That's a theme I've had written on our list of potential themes for a really long time is like Hong Kong action cinema. And it's been very exciting to have this like just a little gentle dip into it. Just a taste. Yeah. So for those of you who don't recognize John Woo by his name, like Jenny said, one of his very, very famous movies is 1997's Face Off, starring John Travolta and Nicolas Cage. Um, And he's got some other, yeah, Mission Impossible 2, uh, Paycheck from 2003, which I've never seen. Same. Um, So he definitely... Like, that was a huge other portion of his career is when he came over to the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it all starts with 1993's Hard Target, starring Jean-Claude <gasps> Van Damme. Um, but tonight, want to start with the movie that we both watched? Yeah, I would love to. Okay, so we're going to talk about 1992's Hard Boiled, um, starring one of uh, John Woo's favorites, Chow Yun-Fat. Oh. Who is like a classic? It's clearly one of those classic um, director actor uh, companionship. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, a mutually uh, beneficial relationship where Chow Yun Fat's maybe kind of his muse a little bit for a yeah. couple of these movies, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, as always, I feel like I say this every show, but I did not. I was not able to give myself enough time for enough research. But it sounds like both. John Woo and Chow Yun-Fat grew up in similar circumstances. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't, both grew up in poor backgrounds um, and seemed like very, like, kind, sweet, uh, modest men. Yeah. Like, I guess John Woo considers himself to be a Christian and, like, holds high those those values mm-hmm. of, like, I don't know. Uh, like, doing the right thing. Doing the right <laughs> thing and, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, integrity. Yeah. Um, so, hard-boiled. <laughs> <laughs> Where to begin? Where to begin. So, um, Chow Yun-Fat plays a cop who loves to hang out at a place called the Jazz Club. This movie opens oh with <laughs> Chow Yun-Fat's character, who his, his name is Tequila. Yes. <laughs> and he takes a shot and lights a cigarette and then starts playing clarinet and me and my partner who watched it together last night were like oh (laughs) it's so it opens Um, at a jazz club with him playing the clarinet and it's like it's amazing oh baby yeah so (laughs) it really sets you up he is the titular hard-boiled policeman um and a we our first big shootout scene is in a tea house bird cafe (laughs) um where they're trying to he and his partner are trying to basically like pull a sting on some gun runners and it goes poorly and his partner is shot and killed uh maybe i should pause here to say again if you're not familiar with john woo's movies they're often described as bullet ballets yes absolutely um it is gun heavy my friends they're not necessarily that gory though they do have like he has excellent gorgeous blood splatter but like it is all about the gun in john woo's movies absolutely um and it actually again if you like action movies it is so beautiful to watch yeah that whoever coined bullet ballet was so accurate with that for sure um so tequila's partner is killed his supervisor is like you know you're so trigger happy i'm really disappointed in you you gotta get off this case meanwhile we have the absolutely gorgeous tony leung Who's very young. I almost didn't recognize him. One of our finest actors. Truly. I am. I know it's like before 10 p.m. But I'm so hot for Tony Young. (laughs) I I was so distracted during Hard Boiled because I love Tony Young so much. And I was just like, I did not realize like astute listeners will remember that when we did an episode called Save the Baby a couple months ago, I talked about Hard Boiled because I didn't watch it, but I wanted to, where mm-hmm. there's a scene it's where he saves the baby. The baby. 
Um, I did not realize that Tony Leung was in this movie. Otherwise, I would have watched it then because I, I love him so much. I didn't realize either until, again, <laughs> my partner and I last night watching the movie and, like, uh, Chow Yun Fat's name pops up in the credits and then Tony Leung is the next name. What? So he's so freaking fine. And I'm used to seeing him like like now or when he's mm-hmm. closer to like um like Wong Kar Wai. Yeah, exactly. Movie in like age, the nineties. Where like when he gets a little older he gets these like furrows next to his mouth. So he's so young in this, his face is like like wrinkleless. He's a little baby. <laughs> so it almost neither of us we were almost didn't recognize him, but he's so gorgeous. Um so Tony the Young shows up. He is um, an undercover cop, which we don't find out until later, named mm-hmm. Alan. Alan. Um, <laughs> but uh, so he, we see him pulling off what we see as an assassination at first in a library. Amazing scene. He like, go, like cruising into town in this red little red a sports red car over smooth jazz yeah. with like a funky bass line. Yeah. Insane. <laughs> Going to this library, finding a book, uh, Shakespeare's works that has a gun with a silencer hidden in it, pulls this assassination, and then. He is working for uh, Uncle Hoy. Yeah. Yeah. He's working for a uh, crime syndicate that's run by a guy named Uncle Hoy um, and is approached by another undercover agent who goes by Foxy. (laughs) Um, And uh, who basically lets him know that he he's this other sinister gangster named um johnny Johnny wong Wong? yeah johnny wong Wong (laughs) is interested in in um involving him in a takeover basically of this uh crime syndicate so alan alan they they pronounce it alan in the movie (laughs) um but i I watched a dubbed version of it where he's called tony oh no he's called alan okay okay. just fully alan okay (laughs) it's like okay okay Yeah, so Alan, yeah, Alan, um, basically in this very huge warehouse shootout scene is uh, coerced into basically making a choice between um, killing Uncle Hoy and joining the sinister Johnny Wong or killing Johnny Wong. But whatever, he he's deep undercover and he joins up with Johnny Wong um, and eventually the our two main characters meet tequila and alan and um they team up to take down johnny wong who is just no good he's a bad he's He's bad guy bad apple he's He's a a really bad bad apple um this movie culminates in a massive shootout scene in a hospital (laughs) where nobody (laughs) is safe um just so many patients are just gunned down um and uh yeah we're again the tequila and alan team up to take down johnny wong and they have to save a bunch of babies um as i mentioned before i'm a little spaced out because the heat but also this movie is not the easiest to follow very confusing yes (laughs) it is um so what i learned is that the screenwriter or one of the screenwriters who i guess is maybe maybe it was initially the main screenwriter, Barry mm-hmm. Wong passed away oh. during the filming of this movie, which is one of the reasons why it's really confusing. Oh, interesting. Originally, Tony Leung's character was supposed to be like a baby poisoner. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's so John Woo to have this like incredibly weird C plot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then, so I, I think John Woo was like, no, we're changing that. Yeah, like, totally. <laughs> Yeah, um, Barry Wong passes away, and so you get, like, scenes... The, this, the portion of the movie spent in the hospital feels like it's years long. It's so long. Um, so in this hospital, in the basement, there's a compound where all of the these weapons are being mm-hmm. stored that Johnny Wong is running. Um, and Johnny Wong's like, we're blowing up this hospital. He's super bad. He don't care. No. He doesn't all. care if, if everybody dies. No, he doesn't care if those babies die. Um, <laughs> and there's a scene when uh, Alan and Tequila, are they've teamed up, and they're in the basement. They're trying to infiltrate that structure. 
Um, and <laughs> somebody is like, cue the poisonous gas. And, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And then, it, and like some gas starts pouring into the room, but then it just like is and never mentioned happens. again. Yeah, like totally. the gas keeps coming. Wow. Yeah. Like, so that's I what I mean realize. is like, okay, it gets really choppy yeah. because... Like, I've seen some other earlier John Woo movies, and they are, like, bonkers, but they're, but they're not, not this bonkers. Okay, I wondered, because, okay, Hard Boiled was the first one that I watched of. I ended up watching three movies, which I probably only have time to talk, to, to talk about two of them anyway. But a Hard Boiled I found really difficult to follow, and I couldn't tell if it was because I was watching, like, a dubbed version of it or what was going on. But I did, I mean, like, the... The thing about it is that John Woo movies exist in this, like, really heightened reality where everything's hyper melodramatic. Everyone is, like, uh, like the bullet ballet is just an incredible genre specification to describe it because everybody is, like, really focused on having these incredible action set pieces. Like, mm. Hard Boiled is, like, incredible action set piece after incredible action set yeah. piece. Yeah, like, I should mention that opening scene, the shootout in the, in the tea bird room. tea room, you know, uh, tequila slides down the stair banister while shooting. Yeah, like, it's just it's amazing. Always... It's, like, incredible to watch. And yep. something that's, like, really satisfying about it is that it works across, like, language barriers. So even yes. though I was watching, like, a dubbed version where I felt like some of the translations weren't quite correct, it was still totally watchable and incredibly enjoyable. Yeah. But for the first hour, I was kind of like, who are you and what's going on? Like, I didn't realize oh, yeah. that Tony Leung was a, an undercover cop for, like, the entire first half of oh, the movie. Oh, same. Like, I had no idea what was going oh, on. Absolutely same. So um, that really clarifies it as, like, oh, okay, cool. So this was, like, partially a script issue. It is, like, I mean, the thing is, is that it's an, an incredibly watchable movie regardless. Like, you don't really need to know what's happening. Yeah. But that really makes sense that it is, like, it has a combination of things happening where you're just like wait why are they doing that i'm not sure why they're doing that it doesn't really matter i'm having a good time yeah, yeah. but i'm not i'm not certain it is so <laughs> yeah so, the first scene after we see alan tony leung's assassination when he goes back to uncle hoy and uncle hoy's gang is like these goofy boys who are all like pinching each other's oh nipples God. and like wrestling in the yard so and he's funny. like peeling apples for yeah. his boys he's yeah. like they gotta eat my hungry boys my hungry boys my what? boys my boys so it is the other thing that i learned about john woo after watching three of his movies is that every single one of his movies is about boys becoming friends every yes. single one of them well that's what i was gonna say is some one of the things that kind of makes it confusing is so i only was able to watch two new ones that were new to me this time and he's yeah he is big into like mirroring mm. themes or like like two like characters foils to each other yeah, yeah foils to each other cat and mouse like characters who are in opposition to each other but then unite yeah absolutely that's like it's so satisfying for sure yeah. oh it's very satisfying <laughs> um and yeah it's um so it was confusing for a while because uh the other movie i watched had that theme in it too so I was yeah also like wait who who's who's the undercover cop is <laughs> yeah. he undercover or are they just is he bad guy but he's gonna be a good guy I don't know um uh yeah but yeah hard boiled is like um it feels like a very I mean it's it's a little bit later than his other movies like it definitely feels like a culmination in some ways of like mm. his incredible skill um John Woo's incredible skill in filming these action scenes which are like. Yeah. They're gorgeous. They're gorgeous. I mean, that's the thing is that I think a lot of people consider action movies to be, like, less artistic in some ways. And, like, le like they're held in lower esteem. Be, guess, but for yeah. sure. But to do it well requires such a level of, like, precision and technicality. Choreography. Chore and, 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 like, watching these movies was such a pleasure to see, like, the incredible skill put into orchestrating these scenes that are like insane and like there's so much like incredible slow motion like melodramatic like oh, there's so much melodrama in his movies right yeah. like just slow motion scenes where somebody's shooting another person and another person is screaming but it is just so like precisely done that it works no matter what yeah. like even with like 
what is clearly some scripting issues yeah. with Hard Boiled. It's such a watchable movie that oh, you're just yeah. like, you're so sucked into these like wild scenes. Yeah, there's like a reason that it, it remains so famous because there's a lot of like, you know, like exploitation action that's mm-hmm. really well known and loved. But part of the reason it's well known and loved is because it's kind of a mess. Right. And this in some ways is a me- like a scripting mess. But like, yeah, it's technically so gorgeous um that again to talk about that opening shootout i kind of think of like three main ones right mm-hmm. there's the opening one in the bird tea room cafe <laughs> and then there's the warehouse yes. where the um like a gang coup is going down essentially and where our two heroes meet for the first time um and then there's the final hospital scene but in that first shootout um chow yin fat's character tequila is he's he's gone through the kitchen now in this shootout and he rolls across a table of flour. So he's all covered in white powder. And then when he loses it, like he's holding his dying partner, there's like blood spatter on his face. So he's like all white and red. It's like, it's so extra. Yeah. It's, so delicious it's so delicious <laughs> it's so like artfully done too because you have like a lot of modern action movies have a lot of cuts and a lot of cgi in them and these ones are very like he lets you kind of watch the action unfold and there is the melodrama to it which is like this heightened reality where you have like chow yun fat who is like fully covered in flour and has the red blood seeping over him but you get to watch all of these action scenes start to finish where like he slides down the banister shooting guns and you watch the entire thing yeah and there's no cuts yes and it's just so like incredibly well done i i don't know man. you get like, to have it all you get to have it all it's he really lets you have it all i also so i listened to a few podcasts mm. about this movie to try to like cram in some research mm-hmm. and I would definitely want to do some more reading on my own, but I did hear a couple of people talk about um, the ways in which his movies aren't thought as political, but like how right. hard boiled is about um, before. What is, what is it called? Where like uh, Hong Kong was like passed over to oh, China. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, the, there's a term for it. Yeah. Like the hand, the, the handover. handover. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. About, how there's there's definitely aspects of this movie that are very much about that because mm-hmm. there was such an anxiety about uh losing an, a hong kong identity right. um even though of course like they're exiting colonialism like colonial control but right. also it had been a colonial territory for so long that right. like that's part of a certain or there's certain parts of that that are part of a, a specific identity and so worried about losing that identity um one of the podcasts I listened to mentioned the final scene, the very last standoff between Tequila and Johnny Wong, where Johnny Wong has a gun to the head of Teresa, mm-hmm. who is Tequila's girlfriend, who also works in the police department. Um, and because he has Tequila where he wants him, basically, is like, uh, slap yourself oh, and yeah, get on your God. knees. Like yeah. it's all about like this, yeah, like this forced control yeah. and humiliation. Um, so I found that really interesting. Again, I would want to read more into mm-hmm. it, but it does seem the more I heard it mentioned, the more it does seem very, very intentional. Right. Um, but of course, I'm not. I don't know a lot about that history or that time. Um, but yeah, it makes sense. Like yeah. That, uh, there is some politics in here too as well right like we're coming at this from a really western perspective but i definitely i was thinking about that a lot i didn't do any research as yeah long-time listeners of the show know we're uh feelings based -based, and we (laughs) are unfortunately have a lot of other little funny projects so we often don't (laughs) get to give as much time to this show as we want to right but i was thinking a lot about how John Woo's movies often feature a cop as the main character, yeah. either as the protagonist or an antagonist. Like generally the police are involved in some way. And I'm sure that there is like some kind of propagandistic aspect to that. Yeah. But I was just thinking a lot about how um there is this because it's existing in this really heightened world where every character is really concerned with either being like the utmost like upstanding citizen of like doing the right thing 
versus like the villains are incredibly evil and do not care about killing like children yeah. or babies like in hard boiled at the like during the hospital sequence a main part of it is that there's like a nursery that's being that's trying to be evacuated and the bad guys are still shooting everybody yeah. trying to evacuate the babies and like they end up like murdering patients and there's yeah. like absolutely no like wiggle room for these people like they're clearly conceived as like being evil to like the utmost and so everybody in this world is like very much like operating on a heightened scale such that like there is no nuance it's really it's so melodramatic and so it feels like you can kind of remove yourself from it being part of reality in this way where like absolutely ordinarily i have a really hard time watching movies where cops are the protagonist because it is just like we live in such a complicated world superhero scales right exactly it feels like they're operating on this scale where like yeah people like you know chow yun fat is like constantly being shot up by people but he he makes it through every time like he gets shot a million times yeah. but he's fine exactly. it's not a big deal and all of the characters that are somewhat more complicated are yeah like assassins mm-hmm. who yeah, undercover cops who right. are doing something bad because they're forced to or assassins who want out of this life but they're you know like right it's like an emotional nuance as opposed to like a moral nuance like everybody has like their scale that they're operating on like tony leung is like an undercover cop and he's doing bad things but you know he has a good heart so it's like fine and you can still you can identify with him and like see his nuance as reasonable and interesting and like there are stakes there but you don't it, it feels like it's operating on an entirely different scale from like reality yeah so it has this remove that makes it much more palatable kind of to like an audience that is like existing in this world where like cops are killing people cops are killing yeah. people and like hong kong specifically has like a really complicated relationship to the police force and so it is just like th- there is something there that makes it much more interesting and easy to watch also i mean like the time distance makes a big difference like all of these movies that we're talking about are from the 80s and 90s so there is like different times there's a little bit of a remove there also um but yeah it was just like it was really fascinating to watch these movies that have like such a different cultural context um and like especially the first like hard-boiled being the first one i watched really i think i wasn't as generous to it as i was to the other two movies that i watched after i like really got sucked into the john woo world yeah i was like okay cool like i understand the rules of this world that you're operating in and like i and i can kind of like meet you where you are yeah um and it just like it made so much more sense to me after i'd seen a couple to kind of like get myself into the zone yeah (laughs) yeah um one last thing i wanted to say about hard-boiled which is like maybe was just my own like my new interpretation on it but so we briefly mentioned Teresa Tequila's mm-hmm. girlfriend oh and God, it's yes. clear that they're on the rocks right she's great and they, they don't spend a lot of time on their relationship but it is clear that they're on the rocks and it's maybe because he can't get his stuff together yeah. like you know <laughs> um, Tequila's a mess yeah he's a mess not <laughs> only is he like a rogue like you know an uncontrollable cop but um, maybe just not the most mature and in the baby saving scene I felt like it was clear that it was supposed to be like maybe the thing that's a problem is that like she wants to like get married and have a kid (laughs) because you know he so they're trying to save these babies and she's like quick put like cotton balls in their ears because the gunshots um and he's like ugh, like having to put (laughs) the cotton balls in and then very famously the end tequila has the very last baby which is on the cover of this movie um he's saving the last baby getting the last baby out of the building and they have a really fun special moment him and this baby so cute it's really (laughs) really cute um it's a true highlight of a movie full of highlights um he at one point his pants are on fire and the baby pees and puts out the fire (laughs) it's great it's so cute so i felt like there was a subtle like little uh, they gave a lot of information about that relationship without spending a lot of time on it. Yeah. Cause I felt like they were supposed to be saying like, right. There's like, there's this really funny part at the beginning where it's almost like a little like screwball comedy energy where they're at, yeah. they're, like they work together in the police station and she's like receiving all of these roses, which it turns out are from Tony Leung, which he's sending as like a code. And it's, a, it's very complicated and it took me a while to figure out. Yeah. But like, he is very jealous like Chow Yun-Fat is really jealous of tequila is very jealous of them and so like they have like a cute little like patter moment where they're like messing around with each other talking about like maybe breaking up but like yeah and she's like you never send me flowers right you know? it's so fun 
Um, but yeah, so that's Hard Boiled, which I will say another thing about John Woo's movies is that they're kind of hard to find. They're kind of hard to watch online these days. Yes, yes they are. So um, these movies really aren't streaming. They really aren't. It's such a bummer. Um, I think that you can, if you're interested in like genre films and Asian action movies and stuff like that, you should just order a DVD yeah. or something like that. I think it's totally worth it. I think you can probably find DVDs on like eBay for mm-hmm. pretty cheap. Um, but cause it's totally worth it. It's so fun. Yeah. If you don't like it, you can give it as a gift to someone who <laughs> else who, who would like yes, it. Cause dude. they're great. It turns I'm Googling it right now and you can rent hard boiled on Amazon for $2, which nice. is not so bad. Um, but there are, I noticed when I, on my search, I had a hard time finding a lot that were streaming out there. So it is like, where the heck is Criterion? Why are we not re-releasing John Woo's filmography? Just curious. Just asking. <coughs> just wondering. Um, Jenny, I'm going to tell you about the other movie yes, that I tell watched. tell me, please, God. So please, God, tell me. I watched Hard Boiled Second. Mm-hmm. This, the first movie I watched was 1989's The Killer. Oh, I also watched The Killer. Oh, my God. I, I was loved praying. The Killer. The Killer was... The Killer. I was like, Jenny's going to oh, freaking love this movie. Oh, my God. Movie. Okay. The Killer was the last one I watched, and I was like, I'm obsessed with this movie. This is the best movie I've ever seen. I have seen. it, like, <laughs> on my watch list on tape on eBay right now. It's yes, dude. so good. Okay, so The Killer... Is better than hard. It's boiled. better than hard boiled. It's so good. It's the killer so is good. so good. So it's from 1989. It was released in the U.S. in 1991. So right before hard boiled. Right before we also were born. starring Chow Yun Fat. Um, uh, I have to look up his co-star's name, but Chow Yun Fat is the titular killer. His name is Ah Jong. He is an assassin. He works for the triad, which is like the Yakuza of China. Mm-hmm. He has like a, a handler, basically. His a go-between between the larger gang and himself. Um, I have to look up. Oh, yeah. His handler's name is Feng Sei. Um, so he's a real lethal man. It also begins with a great shootout in a... Um, like a club, and basically. And also, also like kind of a jazz club. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And this beautiful, beautiful woman who is named Jenny. Her name is Jenny. Her name is Jenny. <laughs> and she is played by Sally Ye. Um, and in the shootout, uh, Ah Jong did not mean to, but he's trying to protect her from um, the folks he's been sent to kill who are shooting back. And he accidentally shoots her eyes and damages her corneas and she starts to go blind in the healing process so because he is an assassin with a heart of gold he continues to have a relationship with her even though she's losing her vision so she can't really see him now she's she remembers his face from the incident and she's afraid of him but um she doesn't know who he is it's kind of creepy but he is trying to pull one last job so he can get the money for the cornea transplant for jenny oh yes it's beautiful i love i feel like the killer is successful in ways that hard-boiled is not because it's a lot simpler like it has a really simple like kind of romantic storyline it's beautiful and it's a lot tight it's so tight it's such a like tight little story oh my god yeah i loved it um i want to look up to see if the screenplay is just by john woo because that Mm -hmm. i feel like accounts for its tightness though i will say so the guy yeah so john woo also wrote the killer the guy who plays like the police commissioner mm-hmm. who's very oh. disappointed yeah. in um, the cop, Inspector Lee Ying, who we'll get to, is Barry Wong, who is oh. the writer oh of my God. Hard Boiled. That's so funny. Yeah. I did not realize um, that. So, Inspector Lee Ying uh, is our other main character who is obsessed with finding out who this guy is. Who's who's this assassin? Um and it's extremely homoerotic. It's incredibly homoerotic. Welcome, welcome I was to like, my world. Again, watching it, I was like, I hope to God Jenny is also watching Dude, this for the show. It's this, so freaking good. The movie The Killer is just about every other character 
falling in love with Chow Yun Fat. Yeah. Like every single character yeah. is just like, God, I wish I could do something about this, but I'm just so obsessed with this man. Exactly. So classically, um, Danny Lee plays Inspector Lee Ying. So uh, Lee Ying is upset, like many movies, the detective who is obsessed with catching the killer. There is a scene <laughs> where he's describing. So, all right. So um, Ah Zhang. Chow Yun Fat, the killer, is is um, tasked with killing this diplomat at a like a public sporting mm-hmm. event, and that is when he is seen by the police for the first time. So then um, the triad is trying to kill him because uh, it's the whole mission's been compromised because his visage has been seen. His beautiful visage has been his seen. Beautiful visage. And when uh, Inspector Li Yang is describing this beautiful visage to the sketch artist he's like he has compassionate eyes passionate Passionate eyes eyes. (laughs) (laughs) and there's a scene where he's in a room that's just full of these like incredibly handsome drawings of chow yun wallpapered with his face i was losing my mind dude good (laughs) oh my god the killer is incredible it's so good. Uh, and it is like Ugh. that is really i mean if you've seen face off it's the same vibe like john woo is really into two characters who are foil i mean we talked about this earlier but it's like the two characters who are foils to each other who end up being really drawn to each other for Except whatever reason face off they don't ever Except they don't team up. right which is pr- a problem <laughs> Face off would be better if they teamed it up. It would be, but like they're both so bad. Like Castor Troy is so yucky. So like, yucky. You know. <laughs> but it um, is in the killer. It's so good because you have this like slow progression of these two characters who are clearly like at odds from yeah. the beginning, but they have to work together eventually to team up against um, uh, Big Brother, Big Brother, who's yes. the leader of this this subsect of the triad yeah. and it's just, just like hard-boiled they have to team up against a third party who's like the so ultimate good. evil more than either of them yeah um and because like jenny's super cute and obviously we both want to save that dumb dumb um <laughs> like she's so cute but she's and she's a beautiful voice but like she's kind of a dumb dumb. <laughs> well it's also like there's there are so many fun scenes where you have uh, so like jenny obviously has is vision impaired after a certain point and so you have the police inspector and Chow Yun Fat in the same room at the same time both pretending to be friends with each other while they're mm. pointing a gun at each other and Jenny can't see and she's mm. like oh is this your friend from college and they make up cute like nicknames for each other oh, it's so charming small and- God, shrimp head <laughs> so good. it's so fun um <sighs> yeah and you know to be clear Jenny's only dumb dumb because things like that where it has nothing to do with it's not her fault no it's nothing to it's literally nothing to do with her being vision impaired i'm just like honey i don't know like she's just they're like stay here jenny be safe and then she like screams i don't know yeah whatever (laughs) sorry sorry jenny you're beautiful um so this movie starts and ends in a church uh, oh, God. John Woo loves some flying doves. He we, really does. Okay. That's the thing. I don't have doves time to, his thing. to tell you about the third movie that I watched, but the third movie that I watched is a movie that's available on Netflix, so I'm just going to tell you because it's really fast. Yeah, it's called Manhunt. It. There right. is a slow motion dove scene. Oh, there's doves in Face <laughs> and, Off. There's and, doves yeah, there's everywhere. doves everywhere. This man is obsessed with doves. He loves peace. He loves he loves yeah. peace symbolism. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it starts and ends in a church. There's a big shootout in the church in the end. Um, we also have the other character, his handler. Um, oh. When I say his, I mean Chow Yun Fat's character, Ah Zhang. His handler, uh, Feng Se, who's played by Paul Chu Kong, who, <laughs> that's another really sweet, like, it's relationship so sweet. in this, where he's technically been his boss, but then when he's been tasked with killing Ah Zhang and, like, closing that, loophole um once he gets seen by the police he's like but i i you're my only friend he's like he can't do it um so we lose another friend in this big shootout um who tries very very hard to get ajong the money from the last job that he did for the cornea surgery um and well, maybe I shouldn't spoil that. I know, I know. I don't. I like almost want to talk right. about it, but no let's... spoilers. It's okay. You're oh. listening to a movie show. From here on out, we're gonna spoil even more than we already have. Um, brutally, Ajong, Ajong's eyes also get shot out 
and he and Jenny are like both sightless and crying out for each other and crawling past each other oh. and um Liang is uh, Ajong dies, right? Yeah, yeah. he does. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. Because Jenny just like goes right past him yeah. while he's dying in front of her because yeah. they can't see each other. They can't see each other. It's so sad. It's so sad. Um, and then it... <laughs> Chow Yun-Fat's character also plays a wind instrument in this movie. It's a harmonica. He plays the harmonica. And it's And the incredible. last scene is just like this horrible sad ending where you know we're like you're losing your lover <laughs> friend <laughs> and then it just cuts to a scene of Ajong when he was alive playing harmonica out while, a window while the credits roll it's so crazy I found because I watched it was the last of the three that I watched I really was not expecting it to take this dark turn because the other John Woo movies that I've seen all have like good triumph over evil in the end where classically like, right um, and it, that's such a part of his ethos where it is like um there are these really broad themes of like good triumphing over evil yeah. and you know like big basic morals right exactly like you know innocence is has been um taken away but somebody else you know like ultimately the cop wins in the end and so seeing um uh you know ajong die at the end of the killer That's i was terrible. so startled by it i know it. I, I was, was too <laughs> it was such a big uh change compared to the others that i'd seen and then the version that we watched um like cut off and uh we didn't get to see we're like no that can't be the end cuz it was just the end oh, of the it, shootout it didn't have the credits well, yeah, so then we found the end, and the only thing we missed was the harmonica, the harmonica part. Scene. We're like, yeah. no, it's really no, that's sad. It. That's just how it ends. It's so heartbreaking. But it, I do feel like Hard Boiled is such a... Um, it's such a masterpiece of the action set piece. Yeah. And the killer is a much more, like, uh, story-driven yes. movie. Where, like, it has fewer action set pieces, although the set pieces that are in there are incredible. Yeah, but you don't have, like, rescuing babies from a burning building. Right, exactly. But it has, there is... Well, he does rescue a child from a shoot. Yes. Well, and, <laughs> yeah, like, that's how that... It's, it's such a clean and tight story. Yeah. Like, we... Um, Inspector Li Yang knows that Ah Zhang, before he knows his name, knows that he is um, compassionate and passionate yes. because he knows that he brought this little girl who was injured in a shootout. He risked his life to bring her to the hospital. Instead of running away. And that's how the inspector knows. He's like, this woman that was injured, her eyes were, you know, she was blinded in this shootout. Uh, he'll probably stay close to her because right. he feels bad. Yeah, because he's passionate and compassionate. He's passionate. He has passionate eyes. Such oh my gosh! It's eyes. but it's such passionate eyes. It is such a like. It's such an incredibly tight story with like those romantic tropes in it. Both between, I mean, the relationship between Ajong and Jenny is also really moving. Like I found it to be very beautiful. Oh, even though, so sweet. Like I was obviously ultimately drawn to the relationship between. Yeah. The inspector and for a second there you're like this is really creepy dude like you, you know she's you know she can't tell who she who yeah he you is. know who you are she doesn't know who you are and you know she's terrified of you so for Ugh. a second it's creepy but then he like doesn't kiss her but it's such a like romance trope also of like i hurt her and now i must be I know. close to her and, like, he doesn't, you know it. like he waits <laughs> like they don't truly get like more canoodly until she finds out and she's still cool yeah. with it she's like i love you whatever yeah. But yeah, it's such the killer is so good. I really liked it. It's I was amazing. like immediately like, oh my god, this is the best movie I've ever seen. It's also like so good. This this is the same across all of the John Woo movies I've seen, which is not that many at this point. But like, they're so incredibly stylish, both in terms of like the camera work and also the drip on these dudes. Okay, I was like, hoping we had time to talk about that. Kidding because me? Listen up. <laughs> In Hard Boiled, Chow Yun-Fat, they're like, he's a cop now, so he dresses like a frump. But in The Killer... He looks so good. This scene, the beach shootout scene where he's wearing a leopard print tie and like, like a big, big like 90s, late 80s oh. suit. It's... 
this is what I was going to say to you at work earlier, but I, I was like, we have to save this for the show. Was that when I, so I watched Hard Boiled first and I was very distracted by my crush on Tony Leung as I've been for years and years. Mm-hmm. And then watching The Killer afterward, I was like, oh, Xiao Yan Fat. <laughs> I'm, I'm in love with everyone. My boy. camera roll on my phone <laughs> is like a bunch of pictures of him. Dude. Saved. So he right looks now, so good. I didn't know, like, I've known about him for a while, but I hadn't seen a lot of his movies. Yeah, definitely. Like, it was like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon yeah, was exactly. it for me? Yeah. And so, truly, this this dive into these movies is uh, uh, grew a new crush yeah. for me. Delightful. And it's Chow Yun Fat. He's so beautiful. Oh. His like, oh god, his cheeky little face. I know he's so cheeky cute. little smile. His lovely um, head of hair. I saw like a quick clip of a quote that was like, oh, from, yeah, from, Ch- <laughs> like, okay, so apparently he's in a lot of comedies and romances. 